Walt, you've made a bum out of Barnum today, but we've got to go. <laughs> I know, but I just want to say a word of thanks to all the artists, the workers, and everybody that helped make this dream come true. Let's go into Fantasyland and have That's some fun. Let's go. Goodbye, folks. Three Guys in the Mouse, Season 2, Episode 2. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Three Guys and the Mouse. Josh here with my co-host George. Yo. Hunter. How's it going? And today's mouse is Elizabeth. Hello. So we've got some quick news for you guys and then uh, our main subject is going to be our summer tips for Disney parks. So here we go. So we're going to start things off with uh, Disney in the, in the uh, theaters. So Finding Dory opened up a couple weeks ago. We actually saw it uh, the first day. Um, it actually had the biggest uh, opening for an animated feature of all time. It beat out the old record holder, which was Shrek the Third, which in 2007 made $121 million. Uh, Finding Dory opened to $136 uh, million, which easily beat it out. Um, which is also surprising because I was reading that uh, they were like um, other studios, like analysts, uh, they were they were projecting Finding Dory to open to 120 million, and Disney was projecting it to open at 100 because Disney, which I've noticed, Disney's been very like reluctant to admit that things are going to open big, starting from like Star Wars last year. Remember we talked about that where they were saying, oh, you know, before it came out, they were already saying this movie is going to destroy like uh, a whole bunch of records and Disney like Bob Iger was like you know we we're, we believe in the Star Wars brand uh, but you know we, we think people need to calm down we don't think it's gonna be that big of course it was but uh, yeah um, so that was the first weekend though and its second weekend which was this past weekend Finding Dory beat out uh, the <laughs> new movie the new blockbuster I Independence Day Resurgence uh, it beat it out with $73.3 million while Independence Day Resurgence, which was the new movie, opened to $41 million, which was well below even Fox's, like, modest, uh, like, idea. Because, like, Fox was projecting it to open at 50, which was still projecting it to open lower than Independence Day 1 opened to in uh, 1996. Which you also have to consider in 1996, the average ticket price was half of what it is now. <laughs> That's a little bit of hatred for you. But uh, the current global, um, the current global intake for Finding Dory is 398 million dollars. Uh, just really quick, because you know I love Zootopia. I haven't seen Finding Dory yet, and it makes me chuckle a little bit because Zootopia is the first animated film, if I'm not mistaken to make a billion dollars and this one's already looking uh, like it might do it i will let you know that there are two other movies right, that okay. made a billion um you're willing to guess who they are i'm not going to do i will lose well one of them is frozen frozen is the highest grossing animated film of all time and then number two is toy story 3. okay and actually uh since you bring up zootopia a couple weeks ago yeah, I think it was a couple weeks ago they announced that Zootopia finally crossed the billion dollar mark. So, 
that also makes it uh, now in that threshold. But they're also like they're also projecting uh, Finding Dory to end up with a billion by the end of the year. Um, one thing I want to also point out is that uh, with this, uh, with you know Finding Dory doing so well, especially against like uh, like there's a lot of things going against it because like people were already saying that oh you know Finding Dory's not going to be good. Um, then like there's a whole thing like I've been reading about that. You know, it's the uh, people are tired of sequels. You know, we're drained on sequels, which I would agree, because you know you get things like, you know, crappy sequels like Batman v Superman, and you get X Men, uh, you know, Apocalypse, which was an abortion, whatever. But uh, like, you know, you get like bad sequels, and I can understand you being like, oh yeah, you know, I'm tired of sequels. But uh, the one thing that Disney has shown this year is that not only are they thriving on sequels, but they're giving you like sequels that even critics are receiving very well because as we all know like a lot of people want to blame Batman v Superman on the critic uh, opinion but when it really came down to to it which I made Elizabeth watch the other day and she can agree it was just not a good movie that was the issue I gave it a chance because after all the criticism after Josh kept talking about it I was like I waited what like two months to watch it yeah almost two months so then I finally watched it and I cannot say he was more right. <laughs> the funniest part was when when they were about to fight each other. Uh, no, it was like, it was when they were setting up that they were going to fight each other. And Elizabeth just yells out, fight each other already. Why is this movie still going? But then when they fought each other, like, why are you guys fighting? <laughs> and not only that, like when they finished their quote unquote fight, I'm like, what was the point of the fight? My my favorite part of that was when when the when the infamous Martha line happened, Elizabeth's reaction, she just started yelling out, she's like, kill him! Kill him! And I was like, she has a bloodlust. She's like, just do it! End this movie! Just spear him through the heart. And then like, I understand where they were going, where, where like the Martha word like had an impact on his little heart. Yeah, whatever. and it made him realize what the monster he had become. But was, it's just like it I was done <laughs> from like the beginning. I, but I, I watched it, but it's just ugh. there was no feeling behind it. Like I understand it's your mom, but like give me the relationship between Bruce Wayne and your mom. Like tell me why that name means so much to you. I get it, it's your mom, but I, like I don't know if Ben Affleck just it was like the estranged son. Yeah, actually, like, we discussed that, too, when we, uh, after we watched it. We were talking about how when Batman Begins, they show you that relationship with his dad the whole time. Like, they show you, like, random shots. Like, you know, when he picks up the stethoscope and he remembers his dad showing him how to listen for a heartbeat. And then you get the scene when he's fighting Ducard and Ducard says to him, uh, your parents' death wasn't your fault. It was your father's. You felt that anger in him because you knew that was a sore subject with him. Like, this movie... When he, when he said Martha, like, you almost just forgot. Like, you were just like, who's that? Like, who cares? Yeah, the pearls, right? The pearls? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like, it, it was just, it was bad storytelling. That's what it really came down to. Well, right? Yeah. We, we've had that discussion before where yes, they, we, tried to, <laughs> they tried to rush, like, this production and they're trying to get the effects that we had in Civil War, but they didn't have the... You know, 10, 11 movies to build up to this moment. Yeah, actually, I no, wanted no, to... not only that, like, I was all for Ben Affleck as Batman. Like, I know As whatever. an older Batman, As too. an older Batman. But what I got was crap. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, and when I, like, there was no storyline. And, like, all of a sudden, he's just, like, angry and he hates Superman. And I'm like, 
why? Like, uh, the, and like the one little scene in the beginning, like yeah, like I felt bad. Fine, Superman, come on, you know better. But like, there, why? Like there was, <laughs> it was lacking like emotion. It was lacking well, storyline. Yeah, it was lacking it was, structure. Because yeah. like, there was this whole convoluted thing with Lex Luthor in the background that went like uh, one of my friends pointed out and. I begrudgingly had to agree. The Lex Luthor storyline was the most useless part of the whole movie. Like, you take that out of the movie, and you still get them fighting each other. You just have no resolve for them fighting each other. And that's like, ultimately, Lex Luthor's role was to be the main villain. But they didn't set him up that way. They Because they already presented you enough evidence that they didn't like each other on the surface of it. So, the idea that he was secretly pushing them made no sense. Because it was like, but they already don't like each other. Why do they need Lex Luthor here? And then, like, I, I was just thinking about it too, like, because I, I watched uh, Civil War the other day on my phone, pirated. <laughs> R. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, that scene at the end, you know, with the, with, with the you know, reveal of the videotape, like, with the, you know, with the Starks, like, what I still love is, like, you still feel that, because, like, even though, like, they... Yeah, he's had like three plus movies where they presented you the thing about his parents. How he's sore about he never really understood his parents until now that they're gone. And then they give you that brilliant scene at the beginning. And then when you see that scene and he's just like, and you see the look on his face, like it, he sold it so well. Like Robert Downey Jr.'s face sold it to you when he looked at, when he looked at Chris, or well, when he looked at Captain America and he goes, did you know? And he's like, Tony, this doesn't make it uh, anything different. And he's like, did you know? And he goes, yes. And he just hits him. You feel that. You you can feel it from his reaction. The problem with Batman v Superman is you didn't get that performance. You got, save Martha. And he's like, why would you say that? Why'd you say that name? It was, look, it was just, it was a bad movie. Oh, no. And then it goes back to like, if you're trying to make like a comic book, bu comic book movie, like you're gonna fail. Like, that's what it comes down to. And I felt like he tried so hard to be, like, true to comic, comic book, books. Yeah. But it, it, like, it backfired because, like, that's not how you make a movie. Like, take J.J. Abrams. Like, he didn't know anything, or what well, he claims he doesn't know anything about the Star Trek, right? The whole Star Trek franchise. But, Let me like, bring up, he has stated multiple times that he never liked Star Trek. Yes. But what I got, like... I, big Star Trek fan, what I got, I was very happy with the characters. I was very happy with the movies, so on and so on. But, like, well, I think, what Zack Snyder did was just awful. I think also, like, uh, when when you get onto that J.J. Abrams, you know, thing, too, is that J.J. Abrams went into Star Trek not knowing the characters, so he was rediscovering them by, you know, telling this story. But that also made it so that he didn't mind the idea of having to reboot it. Like... And, and like, uh, like another thing that I pointed out when we were watching it, he does a lot of shot, like the Batman shots. When Batman's fighting, he does the Christopher Nolan shot of it, and it's like, yeah, that's iconic to Batman now, but it's also iconic to Christopher Nolan's style. So it's like when you did that, all you did is you brought up like the feelings that I have of Christian Bale as Batman, except you didn't give me Christian Bale as Batman. You gave me this crappy version of Batman, who, by the way got totally played out by a villain. I've never seen Batman this stupid before, but he was. Yeah, he was basically like a little, like, toy, like a puppet. Yeah. And, 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 like, I find Lex Luthor, bad guy, whatever. But it was, it was just, it was 
And, and there's like multiple things that they could have done to fix it. Cause like I was just thinking like in that Martha scene, all it could have been was like when he, cause he's holding, uh, he's got his foot on his throat so he can barely talk. So if Superman would have just been like, save Martha. Cause you know, he's getting weak from the kryptonite anyway. If he would have reacted and been like, you know, just been like, what? And, and then they showed you the shot of the pearls again. And then he just backed up. That would have made more sense than him being like, why'd you say that name? Why'd you say Martha? And then for no reason at all, Lois Lane comes up. That's his mother. You're like, okay, whatever. In, in 20 seconds, Josh turned a bad movie into a fairly passable movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not, no, no. From the beginning to end, there's multiple yeah, there are with that. There are too <laughs> many bad. issues. Like, the, big, the biggest thing... Like, I was thinking about it today, because I, I was just reading uh, Justice League, um, the DC comic, Justice League. And it starts off, like, Jeff John starts it off by telling you the story of how they come together. And the whole thing is, it's almost the same idea. Like, Darkseid's coming, so he sends the parademons, they're attacking the Earth, and, like, all of the heroes are, you know, in their respective cities seeing this, and they're all chasing it, you know, trying to find the same thing. And then they come together, and then they, of course, fight it with each other about who should be in charge, and then they keep giving Batman crap because they're like, you don't even have superpowers. But then he shows them why he's the better one and because he tells them your, your guys' problem is that you're all trying to fight them with your respective power by yourself. He's like, we need to come together and we need to fight them as a team. And then, of course, he basically becomes the, you know, the hero of Justice League. But, like, I'm like, that's what, the, what it should have been. Like, I was thinking about it earlier, too, and I'm like... The problem was, is he wanted it to be Batman versus Superman. It should have been Batman Superman Dawn of Justice because Batman Superman Dawn of Justice would have been, it would have given you, there's a threat that they come together to fight and then because of that threat, they decide, uh, you know, we have to be ready for things like this and then they go to find the others. Like that is the simplest way they could have done this. But no, instead they wanted this whole Fighting Picking thing. sides uh, and who's better. You know, when I watched the movie, I really thought at the beginning they were just gonna go right to it, like right to the fight. Instead of in the beginning, how Bruce Wayne and the you know, parents side, the first half an hour, that's. that's I, I totally agree. Like, they, they, like Elizabeth even said, they give you the opening scene where he goes to uh, Metropolis to save people from Wayne Financial during the Zod Superman fight. And then he, you know, he has the little girl and he's like, uh, where's your mother? And she points at the destroyed building. And then he looks up and sees Superman flying. And he like interprets that as this is the kind of evil this person is. This is the kind of destruction he is. But then like, you just sit there like, that's all you needed. That was it. And instead they get, like I said, they give you all of this background stuff with Lex Luthor and Batman. And you're just like, I don't need this. I don't need any of this. Well, it's kind of like uh, uh, the Avengers, you know, kind of in the beginning when the his, what the people died also, you know. When, oh, you uh, mean when they get attacked, yeah. Loki comes? Well, yeah, they give you. Well, see, like they just did what I, I was just saying about Batman about doing it as Batman Superman Dawn of Justice. Like that would have made sense because Avengers gave it to you in the sense that. Um, Avengers gave it to you in the sense that, oh, uh, um, Avengers gave it to you, <laughs> I just keep saying that. Anyway, <laughs> Avengers gave it to you with the same thing. You get the threat from the beginning, 
and then they have to join together to fight that threat. That's the easiest way to tell the story. And then you do, and of course, Joss Whedon did one thing that no one else, which Zack Snyder couldn't do either. He gave you character building on top of that, where he gave you characters you uh, you didn't know, and he gave you back like light backstories and started building on them. And then he also gave you characters you did know, like Iron Man and stuff, but gave you stuff that now you were taking in new. Like, even Civil War. Like, Civil War, the whole thing with Pepper Potts, perfect. Because you just see it where you're just like, realistically, Civil War was a bad time for that to happen. Because he was already dealing with enough stuff from, you know, what happened in Avengers, what happened in Age of Ultron, what happened in Iron Man 3, then Pepper leaves him, and then you just sprinkle on top of that, oh, by the way, he killed your parents, too. It's just like, it was a, it was a powder keg waiting to go. Mm -hmm. And... Like, that made sense. Then you get, like, Batman versus Superman, or Batman v Superman, where Lex Luthor is secretly uh, pushing Batman to hate Superman by sending him, like, cryptic notes that say, you couldn't save your family. And it's like, okay. Like, who cares? Like, and, and at that, too, they, what I hated about that is they only show you that once. <laughs> and it's at the end of the movie. So, like, it would have made more sense if you saw him getting those letters like from the beginning it would have made sense that he was like getting angry about them and then it would have made sense if you know he sees that letter because like of course the letter was was talking about uh you know the his parents but then like he also looks at the robin suit and you're just like those would have worked together Zack snyder Pretty, this is going to stop being a Disney podcast soon. It's just going to be a uh, superhero comic story. <laughs> but how do you think they're going to tie the Avengers with X-Men? Oh, well, uh, I was just going to move on to that. But, uh, so, um, moving on from, like, our hatred on Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, so, um, one big rumor going on right now is that with the um, failure that was X-Men Apocalypse, that... Fox is once again talking to uh, Marvel because they want them to save X-Men. And apparently uh, what people are saying is that in the talks, Marvel immediately brought up that they want X-Men to be part of Avengers again. And that Fox is like more open to the idea now because of course with the failure that they just saw with Apocalypse, because which like anyone knows like, uh, like I've been watching like old like recordings and stuff uh, on my TV, they were pushing that movie hard. And the thing is, is that they still couldn't drum up sales because it was just not a good movie. Like, I, we could get way in they depth. They lost me three movies ago. Yeah, true. <laughs> we could get way in depth on it, but I don't care to. But, you know, for me, like, I see it as this thing. Like, I think Fox, like, because if you guys remember in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, the end of it had that tie-in to Days of Future Past. Because, um, so Marvel wanted... They wanted to bring everyone back to Marvel because for Avengers, they want all the characters. They want... So, like, in that too, they wanted specifically the X-Men characters because as you see as you see now, they have Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, so they wanted those characters, but the problem was is that Fox wasn't willing to give it up because Marvel's terms were too hard. And to be honest, like, I understand Marvel's terms because, like, uh, Marvel went in there with the attitude we want Spider-Man and we want X-Men, but this is how it works. They're all going to work in the Avengers universe, which of course Fox and Sony were super open to. But then Marvel said, with that happening though, it means that we get ultimate say on everything. 
Like they they were saying like for the movies, they have to approve the storylines, they have to approve the scripts, they have to approve everything. And that was the thing is Fox and Sony are so used to doing everything themselves because they're a movie studio. They're like, no, we're not gonna do that. And of course, like, uh, you know, Marvel eventually was like, okay, go drown. There, right. And you know, that's when you get Amazing Spider-Man uh, ends up being awful. So then uh, they come back to Marvel and you know, Marvel's like, yeah, we'll totally bring you guys in. And then now it looks like X-Men's doing the same thing. So why is Fox owned by like X-Men, even though So X-Men's owned by Fox because in the 90s, uh, especially with like, so this all starts out like in 89 when Batman, it becomes like this huge movie. Uh, you know, the original Batman with Michael Keaton. So then it turned into this thing where everyone wanted to make movies uh, based on superheroes. So then everyone was trying to pick up everything and that's how you get Blade becomes a movie um, from Touchstone, which is technically Disney. Uh, you get X-Men, it gets bought by, uh, Fox buys X-Men and, um, and Fantastic Four. Sony buys Spider-Man. There's a whole, like, long story to this journey to get to the original Spider-Man movie, which is funny, too, because, like, it goes into, like, these areas that make no sense. Like, one, one version of the Spider-Man movie, which I, I love how stupid this was, they were going to do it as a horror film, and it was gonna oh. be called Spider-Man, but it was not going to be him as a hero. It was gonna be him as basically the Man Bat. He's gonna be this monster spider creature. Oh my god. And then uh, James Cameron comes in on that, uh, and then he ends up leaving it. But then what's funny is that the one thing they did keep from his version of it was uh, the whole idea that the webbing comes from, his, from him instead of him making the cartridges. That came from James Cameron. Uh, but then, you know, James Cameron leaves, Sam Raimi takes over, but Sam Raimi is a huge Spider-Man fan, so he brings it back to being the superhero. And then, of course, Spider-Man becomes a huge property, X-Men becomes a huge property, X-Men starts splitting off into its own thing, uh, but then it's all failing. Fantastic Four, I know we've talked about this in private, so Fantastic Four 1 and 2 were good. The new one, garbage. You know, I want to yeah. bring. I want to bring back. The, it, it was garbage for it. That's what it was. I want to bring back the Spider-Man. <laughs> when you said that's supposed to be a horror film, whatever, it should be called like uh, Spider-Man Hush. <laughs> well, yeah, the, like it was in that sense, though, because Blade was doing really well. So then it was like, oh, we'll make Spider-Man the same thing. But that's the thing is that didn't work. Like, there's a lot of other ones too. Like, uh, I'm sure we all remember Ghost Rider, uh, and. Um, what was the other one I was just thinking about? Oh. Every, no, no, no. Everyone liked Ghost Rider when it came out. But Ghost Rider was in a perfect time where a bad movie like that could thrive. But then you have, if you like, made that movie Daredevil. now, people would hate. Actually, like like my friend, like my friend said, uh, like Fantastic Four, the one that came out last year, he said, he's like, if that came out in 2003, people would have loved it. And I, I have to say, I begrudgingly agree. If that came out during the time of Spider-Man 1 and 2 and you know, fantastic, uh, well, you know, like, that kind of stuff, it would have done well, because it had all this stuff, like, that you would have liked, but the thing is, is that now, with, like, what it really is, is Marvel changed the game. Mar well, I'll get, I'll give Christopher Nolan his credit, too. Marvel and Christopher Nolan changed the game. They, cha they showed you that you don't have to have just a generic superhero story. You can have a you can have a generic superhero story with a lot of emo storyline inside of it, like a lot of character building, a lot of like 
like, uh, I know, like, one thing one person said to me recently was Civil War, he was like, oh, all they were doing was whining, you know, they, they're so upset about, oh, his parents died, oh, I want to save my friend, and I'm like, that's the point, though, is that, yeah, they've got superpowers, but they're people, that's the, that's the thing that Zack Snyder doesn't understand, is that they're people, yeah. that's his problem with Superman, look at Superman and Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, he is not a person. Well, he tried with the Martha. Well, he's an alien. <laughs> so. He made a poor attempt. Uh, but, but see, that's the thing, though, is under all that armor and all those suits, they're people. And like you said, that's what makes these new movies so good, is that you know you can have almost half that movie be about Captain America and Bucky, and the other part of it being you know about Iron Man and his thing with his parents, and it's still uh, a great movie. Like, I know... It's my friend. Like, Iron yeah. Man, I've known for years. Like, I understand where he's hurting. Like, I understand why he's so upset. You know, well, you know he's a he's a damaged person. And then you've got, same thing with, like, Captain America. Like, they are just piling on this man. Just can never have anything. He grew up a scrawny kid that people beat up. He became this superpower guy. Couldn't even get the girl he wanted. Ended up frozen for 70 plus years. Wakes up, she's on her deathbed. Like... He's lost everything. She just died. Like, and, and then like, like I said to and my friend. Carter, season three, yeah. Well, like, like I said to my friend, because uh, he was arguing, you know, about oh, you know, Cap was so uh, he he's only interested in his friend. He's only interested in saving Bucky. But I'm like, Bucky is the last remnant he has, and that's what it comes down to. Is that you know, and I know there's a the whole Gates stuff that people want to throw on there, but when it really comes down to it. <laughs> He's desperate to hold on to that part of him that was still a person. Because, like, you see it in Avengers, like, they get really light on it in Avengers, but that's the thing, it's the Avengers storyline, uh, both movies show you that when it comes down to it, he sees himself that he's not a person anymore. He's just the soldier that does whatever needs to be done. And, like, like to me, like, that's why the Scarlet Witch didn't affect him the way that everyone else got affected, because what it showed him, he knew he could never have. It showed him with Peggy, and he knew he could never have that again, because it's already gone. And it's, and then like Avenger, actually back to Age of Ultron at the end, when, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, Tony says to him, he's like, are you gonna be okay? He's like, yeah, I'm home. And then you realize at that point though, that what he really means is he's given up trying. He's done, like, this is it. This is everything to him now. And that's how, that's how I take it. And that's also why, like, I feel like I understand that he's holding on to Bucky because that's the last thing tying him to being a person again. Mm -hmm. And now Sharon, I guess, to a small extent. <laughs> well, they, they had that deleted scene in, um, in the first Avengers where it shows him making, like, the really poor attempt to have a life outside of, you know, being Captain America. Where, you know, he goes to that same cafe every day and can't talk to a girl. Oh, yeah. Or, like... They show you that in Winter Soldier, too, when he tries to talk to Sharon, mm -hmm. and she's just like, oh, you wouldn't like that, and then she just walks away, you're just like, you just can't, you just can't get anything. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Where's your shield now? <laughs> oh. As we all know, he doesn't need that shield, as yeah. he showed us. I'm sorry, I just want to jump back a little bit. So, like, I know, like, Fantastic Four, whatever, they're part of Fox. Now, 
does Disney still make money because yes. it's part of Marvel? Just like, um, that actually also brings up like the Universal Orlando Park, you know, Islands of Adventure having the Marvel Island, the superhero island. Disney makes all of the money off of that. Like, you know, uh, what used to go to Marvel now goes straight to Disney. Because, uh, which I, I think was brilliant. The way that uh, Bob Iger did it is when he, when he bought out Marvel, um, you know, there was a whole concern like, how do we run it, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a concern that Disney was gonna come in, take what they want, whatever. And Bob Iger told them, he's like, look, we want you guys to keep doing what you're doing and we'll take care of everything else. So Marvel realistically is a studio that doesn't ultimately make any money because they get all their money from their parent company anyway. So they just keep doing what they want and Disney just approves everything. They have to go, well, their editor has to go to Disney and get things approved, but that's how it works. Like, so uh, yeah, they make all the money though off of that. Same thing with Spider-Man. They make the money off of the Spider-Man stuff. And that's where that moves back into like our, our point about X-Men is uh, I understand they don't want to, you know, have to answer to Disney for everything, but at the same rate... They're doing you, such a bad job. Yeah, I mean, I know if I was them, I'd be like, I'm not happy about this, guys, but we have to do it. It'll save us in the to, process. To be honest, I'm, I think that's what happened with Apocalypse, because, like, you could tell Fox really believed in Apocalypse, and even the producers did, because they were already announcing that the next sequel was going to be set in the 90s. But then when the movie came out and bombed, it turned into a... <laughs> whole different idea where it was like, oh, we can't do these because people don't like what we're showing them. What, with the same characters too or different characters? Yeah, same characters. So like, what, what Fox is doing is they got onto this thing because what they saw with first class is, oh, people like, people like this being a, a time period thing. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Fox is taking it like, oh, people like seeing it in time periods. So they were, they've been doing all the sequels where they jump up like 10 years each one. So you've got in the six, uh, 60s is um, first class, and then Days of Future Past is set in the 70s, and then the new one is set in the 80s. But the thing is, is that they're garbage movies when it comes down to it. Not only that, but if the next sequel is in the 90s, they would have to do a lot of like general makeup because didn't the first X-Men come out in like 2000 something? Oh, they, if so, you didn't catch it from Days of Future Past, the yeah, they basically have to, yeah, they basically have decided that their, their existing timeline doesn't exist anymore. Well, okay, so Days of Future Past completely erased. Please don't get into it. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get light, I'm gonna get very light on it. Days of Future Past completely erased the events of uh, X-Men Last Stand. Okay. which is the third one. But then the events of Apocalypse completely changes the storyline of X-Men 1 and 2 anyway. And of uh, and it also erases um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. So like they're in this like weird confusion where basically the only canon they have is whatever the hell the next movie is. <laughs> With the same character. <laughs> well, yeah, because like either skinnier or fatter. Okay, so like I know, I know, I just said that X Men Last Stand doesn't exist anymore. But X Men Last Stand, no matter what, the early events of it is supposed to stand in canon. So when they go to Jean Grey's house when she's a kid in 1983, what like you lost me. Yeah, like there's like just this huge confusion, and then like the new one also has the Wolverine origin in it again. I don't know why. And, like, 
it's just like, they've just lost you. That's what it comes down to. You, They've completely lost us. Yeah. Oh, actually, here's a funny um, side note. In uh, China, to try to promote this movie and get people to actually watch it, they've been showing scenes of Deadpool in the trailers. Like, literally, scenes from the Deadpool movie in the X-Men Apocalypse trailer to imply that Deadpool is in the movie. And I'm just like, no! No, they're not. Bait and switch. Yeah, they, they are completely selling you that Deadpool is in that movie, but he's not. Like, like, well, if you watch Wolverine Origins, technically... <laughs> Dude, it, it's like if Batman v Superman, if they would have called it the Dark Knight v Superman, you would have been like, oh, cool! And then you would have watched it going, no! That is not what this is! You'd be going back to the ticket booth, give me my money back. <laughs> you owe Christopher you Nolan an apology. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I actually saw a poster where it was the apocalypse poster, and in the in the X Men lineup they had Deadpool in it, and I was like, he's not in this. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Uh, but yeah, so that Fox, awesome. Fox, like they are doing everything they can, but I think you know, quite honestly, uh, like I said off mic, um, like I, I take it where it's just like, let's take in X Men. I will even take the existing cast, and we just need to start over. <laughs> just, you know what? Everything that was there before is gone. <laughs> that was a dream sequence, you see. <laughs> yeah, Days of Future Past made me so mad, because they did that. They basically did that. They were like, oh yeah, three didn't happen. And you're like, okay, I guess. Well, I didn't like three, so I'm okay with that, I guess. <laughs> They, you know what they should do? Like X Men, there's a there's a lot of characters in X Men. What's like what I'm talking about? Like, They're actually yeah, you're totally right. But that's the thing is that so I know they want to stick with the originals, but like well, there's so many. Well, know? no, like that's the thing is that Fox. Well, that's what the old movies were supposed to do. These future paths, it's supposed to like reboot the whole thing. Basically, they tried to they tried to Star Trek it. They tried to reboot it with new characters playing the old roles, but the thing is is that there's not enough time for you to accept that. Like, Star Trek had like, what, at least like 20 years in between the last Star Trek movie with the original cast and Star Trek with Chris Pine. So you were able to accept like this young cast taking over the roles. But then that's the thing, is like, they didn't do that. They had, Days of Future Past literally had the original cast in it in the future while the new cast is in the past and you're just sitting there like oh so i'm just supposed to take this <laughs> yeah they yeah they they lost you that's what yeah there's no other way to say it um some other things i wanted to bring up though uh which i totally forgot uh so like um that my whole thing about like uh about bringing up batman v superman and stuff is that disney Right now, for the the five uh, top-grossing films of the year, Disney is three of them. Because <laughs> you've got Civil War is number one, Zootopia is number two. Uh, those are both at a billion dollars. Then you've got at number three, you've got Jungle Book, which is at sitting at 933 million. Then number four is Batman v Superman, which stalled at 870. And uh, then number five. What's number? Oh, number five is Deadpool. So it's like, realistically, you look at that and 
it really comes down to uh, bringing up what George pointed out. So even though Fox gets credit for Deadpool, realistically Disney makes the money off of that. So it's four out of those five are Disney movies. Right. And then they're also assuming that that Dory's going to be the one that kicks uh, Deadpool off of the list. And then, like, at that, too, we've got more Disney movies coming because Doctor Strange is coming later this year, and that already has a lot of excitement for it anyway. So that's looking like it's going to push maybe Batman off of there. So, I mean, we'll see. (laughs) But uh, moving on to uh, some Disney Parks news. Uh, So Disney World decided to open... Reopen the Norway Pavilion as Arendelle with the Frozen Ever After attraction. And uh, to say it's got mixed reactions is to say, eh, I guess you could say that. So, like, this is what I see online. You see a lot of people who are applauding that they made a ride that people are excited to see, that people are actually traveling to see. And they did, uh, I know we talked about it, they did an amazing job on the animatronics. The thing I see, though, that no one really wants to bring up that I won't shut up about is how awful the actual ride is. Because the ride is literally like all the complaints I've ever heard about uh, the Little Mermaid ride, about it's just songs. That's all it is. There's no story. Which, you know, to me, I'm like, look, Tony Baxter, get off your high horse. Because what it really is, is that Little Mermaid, those songs tell you the story. Like, it's like Beauty and the Beast. When you sing Belle, Gaston, uh, Be Our Guest, you're getting the storyline through those songs. You're not sitting there going, I'm confused what's happening. When she sings, "Be a, uh, you know, that I want to be a part of your world, I'm sitting here like, there's no character development. <laughs> no, because the thing is, is, yeah, it's a catchy song. Yeah, they're all catchy songs in Little Mermaid, but they give you the whole storyline. Um... You know, part of your world is giving you that she wants to be a part of something she's not. And then you get, uh, you know, Under the Sea giving you the storyline that they want her to stay there. Then you get Unfor- uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls that gives you that that way out. And then Kiss the Girl giving you the other part of the story. I'll give it, yeah, the ending part, they kind of skip over Ursula. But, like, you that's the thing in is. The well, yeah, that's the thing is, like, <laughs> I feel like I know that movie. I don't need them to show it to me. Like,. It's almost like, uh, it's like if you if you ride like Pinocchio, you're not sitting there confused like, how'd they get out of Monstro? What happened? <laughs> Let's talk about Mr. Toad, how he goes straight to hell. Okay, Mr. Toad, <laughs> Mr. Toad's a completely different one because it doesn't follow its source material at all. Guilty. I will say, I, I, I believe the I believe the Mr. Toad ride follows the actual Wind in the Willow story, but it doesn't follow the. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride movie that Disney made, which is confusing, but whatever. I'm, well, I was actually, I don't know, I haven't seen the Frozen ride. I haven't, obviously, gone on it. But if, if they are going to compare it to Little Mermaid, which is what I'm kind of hearing, um, I just... Well, I'm comparing it to that. Okay, okay, it's fine. But I, I think the Little Mermaid, like you said, it has, like... The music does tell the storyline, and yeah. I don't, I don't really need anything else. Whereas, like, I yeah. think the Frozen one, like it was, the songs are out of order, right? No, they're in order. They're but in the order? thing is, is that so? Because this is what annoys me. the The way that they tell the story is, you're you go into the pavilion, which is supposed to be the Norway Pavilion, but apparently now it's Arendelle. Whatever. I'm not even gonna get on that. Um, and so, like, they're telling you, like, oh, this is, uh, 
this is like it's frozen summer day or something stupid like that and it's like you're going on uh you're gonna get on the boat and you're gonna go visit uh queen elsa at her ice palace and you start off by passing olaf who's singing do you want to build a snowman then you pass the trolls who are talking they're they're retelling the story of the first movie then you pass uh Olaf again who's ice skating now and he's singing for the first time in forever and the next scene is Kristoff and Anna singing uh, for the first time in forever and then you get to you get to the lift and that's when you get to her ice palace and she's just singing let it Elsa's just singing let it go then you move backwards because this follows the same exact track as Maelstrom you move backwards then you see uh, the snow geese and um, was it marshmallow? Mm -hmm. And then you change, uh, you change, you go forward now, and you go down the, you know, you go down the uh, waterfall, and then you see the actual castle, and then you see Anna and Elsa, who are now in their summer dresses, just waving by to you as, uh, uh, oh no, they're singing in summer with Olaf. And to me, I was like. This is literally the greatest hits album. That's what they just showed you. And everyone's like pretending like it's not. And I still hear people gripe online about Little Mermaid. And I'm like, the Frozen ride is literally a greatest hits album. That's all it is. Because like those songs don't need to be there for you to understand the story of the ride. Because those songs are basically just there. That's the problem. They're just there. Well, we watched the video and I said it right from the jump, I was like, 5 out of 5 for your auto-animatronics, yes. like a half a star for your overall story, and so, we haven't written it yet, but you know, that's just not good. To me, what they basically did is they did a, it was a universal storytelling. They based like the, it's like the King Kong ride. They gave you like, all this like, cool stuff mixed in this crappy storyline and realistically a forgettable ride. Uh, people are waiting. Yeah, I will say, I will say, people are waiting five hours for this ride. People are probably listening to our podcast yeah. right now and while well, they're waiting in line. Yeah, true. Like, oh no, I made a terrible like, mistake. Like, so, <laughs> two hours in. Like, I, like I'm they're gonna, like, oh, so this is the ride, huh? Like, like, I'll be serious. I know when we go in October, we're gonna ride that ride. Um, I'm we're not. Dumbo. We're definitely. Yeah, we're definitely not gonna. We're not gonna wait in that line. I will, that, that is one thing that I will fast pass plus. <laughs> There's no way around that. I, I would not stand in that line. Like, but, <laughs> but, like, you know, I will say that I am surprised that, oh, like, not super surprised, but I am surprised that Frozen, like, the ride, brought so much attention to Epcot. Yes. Like, back to Epcot. Because, like, I, I hear it all the time, like, parents are like, oh, I'm done with that song, oh, I'm done with Frozen, so on. Obviously, they're not. Like I, and I think Obviously like the even kids want even to the that. yeah that's what I'm saying like with having the ride or having it at the Hyperion um, studio yeah. or theater, um, it's so popular. It's still popular. So and and if anything, I think this is gonna show that like Frozen Two, whenever it comes out, is gonna be like a big hit, regardless of how people thought like how people that's, are sick of it. Yeah. Well, it's that it's that thing. It's like like um, 
But I think if they, they wouldn't have made the ride like the greatest hits album, like I think not, not like people would have been not necessarily disappointed, been but they would have been mad because they want to hear "Let It Go." Yeah, like even they though wanted, they say they don't, they, they want to see it, Elsa's yeah. castle. Like little girls want to be dressed up as Elsa and, and sing "Let It Go" too. And you know that that's the thing too is like what I see is it's like so it's like it's like um like I don't want to sound like totally like negative but it's like <laughs> when you look at attractions nowadays like they don't do they don't do the justice they used to do and, and it's really upsetting because it's like yeah like when it really comes down to it anything that's based on a source material they really give you like a cookie crappy cut. version yeah, yeah they cookie cut it they give you what you want to see what they know you want to see and that's it and that it's upsetting because it's like I want to see more than that I want like and, and like, I know we've gotten super on that before, but, like, you know, no one builds Pirates of the Caribbean or Haunted Mansion anymore because everyone's too scared. Because, like, realistically, look at Pirates and look at Haunted Mansion. There's no source material. That was just an idea that they had. That they were like, this would be a good ride. And now, it's this, they're, those two rides, and I bring those two rides up specifically because they are the gold standard that everyone compares a ride to. But it's like, you no one is willing to do that. The closest thing I've seen recently would be, I would definitely say, is Mystic Manor. But that's the thing is that here in America, we're so scared to chance a ride being built and being a failure. And that's what it really comes down to is Disney and Universal, they're scared to build rides that are original because there's a chance that they fail. But that's, that's the thing is it's like, oh, I'm gonna sink $500 million or more into an attraction and chance that it's not gonna have uh, have that connection with people. That's why like Universal, that's what Universal thrives on. That's why they build you crappy rides like the Gringotts coaster, that King Kong ride, and like the Hulk coaster because they just give you basically, um, like it's like Tommy Boy, like they took a dump in a box and they put a guarantee on it and you're buying the guarantee. That's what you're buying. You go on, you wait 75 minutes to get on Gringotts because you're like, well it's Harry Potter. Like, you're, you're not sitting there going, well, I've heard it's an amazing ride. <laughs> but you, you see, the, to backtrack a little bit with the whole original ideas, it's sad because it's sad they're, they're so scared to fail, but in essence, they've already failed because you fail when you stop trying, you know? I will say, and, you know, I know I'm going to get flack for it or whatever. I don't care. But um, I would say Disney, though, is still the one that, like, they try harder. Because even though they give you that cookie cutter crap that they know you want to see, like, you know, I'll, I'll give you one of my newest favorite rides, Radiator Springs Racers. They gave you what you wanted to see, but I'll give them this. They went above and beyond to give you what you wanted to see. Just like, like we said, with the Frozen ride, yeah, they gave, they gave you the greatest hits album. That's, no matter what, that's what they were going to give you. And we all assumed they were, but the animatronic work they gave you was way beyond what we thought we were about to get. Um, going back a little bit about, about the, uh, you know, like what you said about the classic ride, you know, for example, like the uh, Luigi's Flying Tires, you know, that was one of the original rides, right? Uh, Disneyland? It was based off well, of an original. Right. And so they brought it back and they yeah. realized... Well, yeah. But I, I don't think 
that's what like we're we're talking about here. I think we're talking about creating like yeah. an original right. Like just yeah, like a hunter shirt. Like yeah. it has Pirates of the Caribbean, Matterhorn, like it has it looks space button, like it has all these like riots that are like not based off of the source material. But and I at think that, these are, they're also all attractions that are iconic to Disney. Yeah, but I, I think you're right, like, where they're just, like, playing it safe, and I, but I, I think that's, like, I, I, I don't know what's more of, like, that's the direction that, like, Disney as a company is going, um, like, as a whole, or if it's just, like, the parks themselves. I, like, like I said, it's, um, it really comes down to... It, it's it's an aggressive marketplace, and even though Disney is by far the standard by a lot, they're so scared to lose that spot that they're not willing to give you that. Like, like I, I talk about Mystic Manor like to no end <laughs> because I love that attraction, and the thing is, is that like and well, like everyone everyone says like all the Disney fans online talk about that that's a ride they want to see, but the problem is is that. Disney will never do that here because there's no source material. They're, they're chancing you not liking it. In Hong Kong, they were chancing, that was no, there were no chances. That park was already a failure at that point. So it was like, all they were doing was they were adding attractions. When, and you know, I know I haven't, I probably, you guys probably don't remember it or anything, but they built like, it's almost like their version of Big Thunder, but it's Grizzly, uh, it's like Grizzly Gulch or something like that. And it's like basically Big Thunder where you've got these like mischievous bears that are setting off dynamite and stuff and causing you to go on this crazy uh, spin. But like, like that's something amazing. But they, that's the thing is in Hong Kong, the park was already a failure. They were just trying to add more rides because people's complaint was there weren't enough rides. So they just were like, we'll just throw this in there. Just throw that in there. And, but that's what I love is that because they just wanted the rides in there, um, the Imagineers were able to convince them to do something with it because they were like, oh, let's try doing it like this. Let's try doing it like this. But then out here, they're too scared to do it. That's why, like, and I know, like, we've discussed that before, too. The Star Wars land is going to be the same in both sides, and that annoys the crap out of me. Because it's like, why would I care to see it in Disney World if I can see it here? Before I ever drive away from it over here. Actually, <laughs> case in point, we were just talking, we're about to talk about Universal Studios Hollywood expansion. expansion. Yeah, they're quote unquote new expansions, and we have not gone there because they're new expansions we've already seen, and we don't care to see it here. Alright, let me just say first that we're available to be Imagineers, because clearly we, the, the, the four of us combined, could probably come up with good original ideas. I just think it's very much like, oh, if it's a, it's a new movie, we have to have a ride. Like, if it's a new movie, we have to have her. Like, I'm surprised they didn't re-theme, um, what's it called, the new Jungle Book into Jungle Cruise. I was just waiting for some sort of connection. There's Mowgli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to get on that, actually, there, um, like, of course there were rumors Mowgli of that, but... Well, no. <laughs> no. There were rumors of that, but that, those got squashed, but the scary thing on the horizon is that with the attraction movies they're planning a jungle cruise movie and there's already talk of tying that movie into the ride even though the movie's not out yet that's kind just... of like kind of like how pirates now has jack sparrow in it. well as long as eddie murphy did not make it into my haunted mansion i'm happy <laughs> i mean i'm still i'm still upset that jack sparrow's in pirates of the caribbean i mean i love jack sparrow 
And I don't care that he's in the Disney World one, but they needed to leave the Disneyland one alone. Well, the Disney World one was already poop, so... Well, that, it made it a better ride. Well, they added mermaids. Oh, that's out. true. Mermaids that didn't work. Mermaids that didn't work. Um, yeah, so... I mean... But I, I agree, like, we don't have to go to Universal Studios, because that list that we were just going through, like, Simpsons, um, Harry Potter, like, all of that stuff, I've already seen. Yeah. Even the Fast and the Furious, like, I've already seen the Spider-Man one, so then it's the exact same <laughs> thing, just with Vin Diesel. <laughs> That's it. Doing something outrageous. Actually, it's, it's worse than that, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that video. <laughs> That's an embarrassment. Jumping to another yeah. truck. But, like, I agree. Like, there when when he jumps on the little helicopter and jumps over the tram with it, I was just like, this has hit a whole new level of stupid. <laughs> do you like, think he thought that? He's been guys, right? He can do it, okay? <laughs> I'd be surprised if he can write his name. <laughs> I want to see something for like both coasts. And that's how it was, but then all look of a sudden Carsland. we're just like, oh, it has to be over here. Well, no, look that's... at Carsland. Carsland is, you a know, example. a perfect example where they built something spectacular that people had to go to Disneyland to see. Avatar Land, I will say, of course, we're all still like eh, on the it's fence the about it. But like the more and more you see of it, it looks like that's gonna be something you have to go see. Well, I'm gonna go see it just because it's not up here. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it. the thing is that it's it's a it's that thing where but you, if it's, you don't if, have it. If Avatar Land is four hours away, I'm probably gonna go. Well, that's that's kind of why they squashed the whole premise of Cars Land moving to, to Florida. They're like, but. Oh, to be honest, I I want to say I want to say like I I haven't seen anyone say it and I haven't read it, but I'm assuming that Cars Land moving to Disney World got killed out by Star Wars because Cars Land was a huge success, but then Star Wars is the is the one that they wanted to make the land for, and then when the movie was huge, they were like, we have to build it. So I think that's what happened. If you build it, nerds will come. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, give me something different. Yeah, I told you something new. So, um, really quickly though, uh, not much is going on at Disneyland, except for of course the Star Wars Land construction. Frozen Live is open, but uh, I did want to bring up Dateline Disneyland is gone, which is upsetting. That was my that was my what? Monday read every week on Mice Chat, and it's gone. I know Andy Castro doesn't listen, but you will be missed. The No, it's but a block. It's a photo but, block. But why? <laughs> he he, he decided. Done? Yeah, he just decided to stop doing it. Like my set's gonna replace him, but the people that were doing it for him when he was on vacations and stuff always upset me because they don't get the shot. They don't get the shots like him. Like they don't get the stuff that make you feel that's, that. That's way. a little disheartening. Yeah. Um, and to move on, ultimately. Universal Hollywood is getting an expansion. People are all, all excited because they're announcing more than 75% of the park is brand new, but when it really comes down to it, nothing is actually new. Because like, Harry Potter we've already seen. Everything in Harry Potter we've seen. Transformers isn't new because we've seen that. Um, Sp uh, Springfield is the only like real new area because it's a little different, but it's still the same stuff. Because it's the right. same restaurants, it's the same Duff beer. Uh, you get the stupid Fast and Furious supercharged on the tram tour. Ooh. Like, yeah, like nothing, nothing they actually list are actually <laughs> Universal Hollywood like centric. 
And then that's the thing that annoys me, because like with we their do expansion. I will go if you redo your backlot tour. Like, show me the movies, show me the studios. How about, like, give me more of the When studio. they built Fast and Furious Supercharged, oh, they, they admitted did. they didn't care. Bring back. No, that's the thing that I want to bring up, though, is that I couldn't find the picture of it, but I saw the picture of the construction of their new expansion, and the studio, like, where, uh, where The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien was, like, that's the area that's going to be the expansion. Like, that's that, you know... T- that first like turnaround area and that upsets me because it's like you see that and you're just like so you've given up on this being an actual studio right it's a theme park now yeah and not even a fairly and that, not even a successful one well that's what upsets me is it's like they they don't even understand what people care about a theme park because like i was thinking about it like a theme park when it really comes down to it you have to connect to the park like disneyland wasn't going to work if you didn't feel that connection to it and that's the thing though is that you felt it because it feels like a part of you. It's it's home to us. It's the magic inside you. Universal has always been... It's been a cookie cutter. It's just a bunch of crap to, uh, together. I will say, when we were younger, we would go to Universal Studios all the time. And we had that connection because of the Backlot Tour. Like, the That's... only thing that had us going back is because we were young and we thought it was a, like an actual working studio at that time. That is actually what I was going to get at is like they don't understand what they are. Because what, what the problem is is that Universal sees Disney as the standard and they, they want to be ride. Disney. But the problem is is that they don't, know, they don't know or understand what Disney is. Because they're trying so hard to make themed lands so that they can be like we're better than Disney. And they think they're better than Disney. But the issue is is that they don't understand that Disney gives you storytelling. Disney gives you the heart. They give you the magic. Universal's like, I just give you a bunch of crap. Here it is. It's minions. Here's yeah. this. Here's... I'll give them minions is their own property, so they should be using that. <laughs> but like Simpsons, like they took out they took out their own property to put in Simpsons. And Simpsons isn't even a popular I'll give it Back to the Future wasn't a popular ride anyway. But Simpsons is not outrage. Simpsons and is, we're done with this podcast. <laughs> well, seriously, like, okay. like that—that's never. Well, when it first opened, was it was an e-ticket, but like you're saying, use their own properties. Well, not saying. even that. I'm saying like make attractions that are worth a damn. <laughs> Basically, out of all the things they've announced that are new, I see one thing that's that's the real champion, and it's Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Not even. The Gringotts is not. Oh, Hogwarts man. Express is not. Oh. Like, that's the thing, is like... Oh, crap, it's raining. <laughs> anyway. Guess we're not swimming. <laughs> Random notes. Um, you but, know, um, you know, swimming, do they close it? Oh. Yeah, they do. Well, let me, uh, this is just off topic. You know, one thing that when we used to go to Universal, we never ate the food there, ever. <laughs> and I told my dad that I wanted to try the... Uh, you know, doc chicken and whatever it was. Yeah. Remember what it was? Well, we ate fried chicken because it was themed to Back to the Future. But boy, were we dumb. Because <laughs> it wasn't good? <laughs> it, it wasn't good. In what world does Doc But <laughs> I guess no, but in the future. Like, like, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is that, like, the problem is, is that Universal doesn't understand, like, that connection. Because, like... You know, their their park is just a cookie cutter. It's just a bunch of stuff thrown together. Like, even look at, like, especially Universal Hollywood. Like, Universal Hollywood, its champion was the, was the Backlot Tour. Because that's what people were mainly coming to see. 
the other attractions were like fun things to do while they were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But the backlot tour is that connection. Like the their real theme is that they are an actual movie. That you are part yeah, of a movie, movie studio. But the thing is, is that they are giving up on that. They've they've made the tram tour is basically Jimmy Fallon, King Kong, and. Uh, the Fast and Furious. Oh, like, don't there's forget, no real, there's no real part to it. Anymore. Don't forget the random, the Grinch. It's oh, like, yeah. why is or, it there? Or the, um, the, what's it, Mr. Potato Head that they've been trying to make those movies for like 10 oh, yeah. plus years. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you the, yeah, the Grinch thing, that is their property. Because that's a universal The movie. point is, is that it's been there since I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably Sunbleached now. At that too, like, well, it's one of those it's things, not like, even orange. Well, yeah, that's one of those things where they leave it sitting there because they theme it in the Christmas, but on the backlot tour, it basically is just sitting there. But like, e even when they or did, like uh, um, the War of the Worlds. Thank part. you. When they brought that in, like, you felt like you were in the movie. Like, that's the what one with I the plane, wanted right? to see. Yeah, yeah, that that one's cool. That right one there. was very impressive. But again, it was like. The other stuff that was around like, there, like Bruce Almighty, like, here's the water. I was like, okay, give me something but like, else. But like, seeing that they actually use that screen and like, tell me more about it. Like, what other films? Don't give me the script and like, oh, Bruce Almighty, here's a clip. Actually, Next, here's a clip. Uh, one interesting thing I saw was that um, you know the uh, the water like area. What you said? Uh, yeah, I sh I showed you the pi no, I showed you the picture. Um, Oh no, you're right. You are right about that. But no, their other water area, um, yeah, the lake. Uh, no, not the lake. It's like it's like the one with the blue screen behind it. Uh, they're building uh, like a ship on it, and it was King Kong. Well, no, people are assuming. Looking at the ship, they're assuming it's for the new Pirates movie. But that's the thing is like the studio tour isn't a real studio anymore. So like you don't even go near that. So you never get like a good. Like shot of it. <laughs> Did you know that they filmed Tortuga there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and like crazy. again, that's something like I would like to know. Like I want to go on the studio tour because it was of that. in the it was in the West Town, yeah. the Wild West area. But I don't need to see like. I don't need to see the. I don't need to see King Kong. I don't need to see the uh, stupid supercharged thing. Like they they ruined their own. Their own thing. No, I, I must say I like. No. I, I still like the classic one with Jaws. You go in, like in the water. I thought that was sick, and he pops out. Well, that's that's a cool. But look, that's a cool thing because they they're showing you how they did that, uh, and then they show you the background part of it where they show you the video of Steven Spielberg talking about the making. Like they give you the connection to being a studio. When you go through the King Kong 360 and the stupid Fast and Furious Supercharge, you don't get anything. You just get that scene and then they're like, well, we made it. And you're like, okay. I thought this is a studio. <laughs> Not a ride. Any questions? Is this a real studio? Not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the guy gets all sad. The one no. with the earthquake one was pretty cool too. The earthquake reaction with the water. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Well, even at that, like they, like that one too. They show you sh uh, scenes from shows where they've used it. I, I feel, like, what, what is their slogan? They have like we're, a slogan at Universal that says like where, where you're in the movies or like where the where you're the star or something like that. Some, yeah, some where you're in the well, middle of the action or something like that. That was that was what it was. And so it wasn't now, a studio anymore. Yeah, now their now their motto <laughs> is, is like. No, it's like... Yeah, for real. No, uh, what is it? It's something stupid, Wizarding, too. Wizarding World, right? No, it's something about, um... 
it's something about uh, creating memories or something stupid. And I was just like, that's not what your park is. Like, like, no, they're, like they show like families and stuff, and you're just like, that's not your, what your park is. Your park is not garbage. At Universal. Universal Studios. No, because it probably wasn't yeah. a success. Yeah. Do, do you? Do you, Well, I mean, if in front of the Hogwarts castle, maybe, but like. I proposed to her in front of uh, in Jurassic Park. 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 She <laughs> said no and walked away. She said no, and then a Dilophosaurus came out and killed her. <laughs> I was like, she didn't know there were a, there was always a Plan B. <laughs> it was either that or the food that was going to get her. No. Um, <laughs> Like, like uh, if you if you recall though, like I told you that um, that uh, what was it for the 25th anniversary of uh, Universal Orlando, like they were retweeting like all the Disney fans who were posting about it, and then I knew they weren't gonna do mine because I I retweeted their actual tweet uh, saying you know on this day 25 years ago we opened you know celebrating whatever I retweeted that and, se- and put the caption 25 years of eh. <laughs> and then what I loved is when you look at the poster because uh, it was the opening poster for Universal Orlando everything that's on it is not there anymore I was just like oh my god that's the perfect caption though <laughs> what the only thing that's still there that was on there was uh, E.T. hey man that ride was cool when you wait in line <laughs> And you're like, it was dark. You're, you're like in a little forest. And it's like, holy crap, I've where never, am I going to? I've never You know even what you're remembering? That. You're remembering like your childhood. Yeah, so probably. That's what's bringing me like these happy memories. Yeah. But like going back now, like. What is this? Yeah, like. I have very few fond memories in Universal. One of them is Backdraft, the experience. Backdraft. Where I was actually frightened. The first you know, actually, I'm gonna say one now. of my best memories now. <laughs> at um, Universal is when they did the lights camera lights. What is it? Um, it was like lights, sound camera, something like that. But it was pretty much like you, it was a rotating room, and then they showed oh, you, you how play they instruments do. Yeah, the like instruments, that, right? and I got chosen to do like their. Um, werewolf or something so i that, put on this suit and i was controlling this thing at least i thought oh, i was yeah. controlling it and like i thought that was so cool because like i was controlling this big thing but uh, and then guess that's what, it. But guess what happened <laughs> then they decided that they should start opening the game with disney yeah they put transformers <laughs> they in put there transformers instead there, yeah. I, I did like the the horror scene like how they cut them, like the oh, cut yeah, of the blood. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, no. I, it, like I, I, I go to Universal Studios for movies. Yeah, for the movies. I go to Disneyland for like a, a different experience. But like Universal Studios, and that's the reason why we go back to Warner Brothers is because we want to see the movie stuff. Like that is an actual tour. Like that is an actual studio where I want to go to Universal and get that same experience, but I don't. And you know, that was that's how Universal was. You know, like. You get all like the action behind the scene right there, but now it's just minions, you know, Transformers, Fast and the Furious, King Kong, well, my, 2.0. Where's your theming? We like, don't know. Like my complaint, my complaint too is like just like how half-assed they do it. Like, um, for instance, like one of my biggest complaints is the dragon that's on top of Bringots. Everyone's so amazed by it, and you always see everyone like. Oh my god, Disney wouldn't have done this. And I'm like, no, what it really is, is if Disney would have built a freaking static 
dragon that shot fire every so often, people would have freaked out. Why is it not moving? Why is Disney not trying? Wait, like, biggest biggest one I can compare it to is of course um, the uh, audio animatronic uh, Yeti inside. Expedition Everest that doesn't move anymore and everyone's so mad about it not moving But the thing is is that you see it so quickly. It didn't matter that it doesn't move You can't even tell that he's not moving. He's still horrifying. Yeah, but ah! he's, he's huge, but But then you go see Universal build at, which by the way they built like five years after they built that dragon just sitting there <laughs> And I'm oh, like, sorry. oh, okay, so I'm just supposed to be impressed that it shoots fire. Okay. But, but Disney did do a better version of that. And am I the only person that watched that YouTube video for the opening of New Fantasyland where they had, like, this oh, little flying dragon it. thing? Yes. I was like, like, look at that. Because, you know, that I first saw it, I was like, awesome. dragons are real. Unfortunately, <laughs> you crazy. don't get to see that every night, but that was awesome. Yeah. You see that for Dumbledore. Unfortunately, like, oh, there is a flying Dumbledore. Unfortunately, <laughs> they can't do that, but... Too much money, right? No, no it's, it's actually a safety yeah. thing. That it's because of like the whole like 9/11 stuff. Like, you can't fly stuff like that. So uh, that's why they they, they could only permission. get yeah they could only get permission to do it once. But and they were testing it for like years and they used it wisely. <laughs> it looked awesome. Those videos were really cool. I'm, like I said, I'm still kind of stupid sometimes. Those I was seriously like, is that a real dragon? Disney concoct this? <laughs> we bred it ourselves. <laughs> it was a real dragon! Yeah. It's like fire the cast members like, ladies and gentlemen, we made a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. Oh! That new story, Hunter? Huh? The new story? Yeah. <laughs> Scientists believe we're five years away from being able to clone dinosaurs. There are literally four oh, movies movie. telling you why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Why would they think, let's do it? <laughs> it it's like I said, like um, like that guy, uh, I we were the guy in Japan. <laughs> huh? Uh, no, uh, the guy in Japan, he, uh, he bought the, or no, he created a robot company because he was so impressed and inspired by the Terminator movies. He made a robot company and he's trying to perfect AI. And he even called his company... No, uh, it's Skynet. Skynet, And I'm sorry. just like, I'm sitting there like, you no, literally don't understand that movie. Because you are trying to create the extinction of man. Well, he'll understand when Arnold Schwarzenegger comes for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what it really comes down to, though, is Universal's just not doing What was your name, George? Um, Duncan? Duncan? The lady from the Terminator show? Oh, what was her name? I don't know her name. Remember the first that, one that, that we saw? That stage she show? was great. She was super. Super. She was, she was so great. Insane. I remember it was Duncan. Was it T2 uh, 3D? I believe is still at Universal Orlando. It's gone from uh, from, from, from Hollywood, Hollywood because Hollywood it got taken over by Harry Potter and uh, the stupid Walking Dead thing. Are we missing the coke? We missed the coke, right? The coke area. Oh, the little Slash Zone? <laughs> Rest in peace, folks. Slash Zone. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's with The Walking Dead? I didn't read too much about it. it. It's just, it's a year-round maze that's based on Walking Dead. Now, the thing I see with it is it's like, people are excited because they're like, oh, now I get to experience that all year because that's one of their big attractions for Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Horror Nights. 
But my issue is that Hollywood Horror Nights, the cool thing about theirs is that every year it changes based on the show. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a permanent one, it's never going to change. Like right down to the fact people are already showing pictures, there's the crashed helicopter on top of the buildings. So it's like implying like the season it's set in. But it's like, okay, so I know it's not set in the, the first season. Yeah. yeah. But I'm assuming you're going to see parts of those, but I'm like, you're not going to get new stuff. That's what no. it comes down to. And that's a stupid prize. We said that when they first said it, like, so it's laziness because your star attraction yeah. of, Hollywood, of Hollywood Horror Nights is no longer the star attraction of that thing. Yeah, now it's a permanent resident. Mm -hmm. well, I remember when your aunt was describing, like, the Horror Nights, like, I I'm a big chicken, I won't go. But when, <laughs> well, we went like what, like two weeks before, or like a month before. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they, they, they had, had the, stuff. the stuff out for the horror nights. But what your no, they were was, doing it at night. Yeah, yeah. What your aunt was describing, like it sounded cool, but it, it sounded cool it's for not like for us. No, of that was not. the issue. Yeah, it wasn't for me. But like it sounded cool, like especially something you can do with Halloween, like with your friends, not something that like. It'd be a year round. Yeah, to, like well, like to me, like uh, so I know it's like off subject, but um, so like it, it reminds me of the whole thing with um, the hollow Halloween Horror Nights in general. Everyone loves it, and I'll give Universal does an amazing job at it. But the issue is that they're reliant on that. Even with the Harry Potter stuff, uh, they said that it's something like a third of their income comes from, or, or, or of their visits, come from Halloween Horror Nights. So it's like, you can't help but look at that and be like, but you have to do it. Like, you don't get that choice. It's a necessity for you. Just like, look at Disney. For, um, for uh, Mickey's Not So Scary, realistically, Mickey's Not So Scary does pump people in, but they don't have to do it. I, I'll give it, they do keep expanding it. They just expanded it so that now it's, in all of the month of September and October, which is more nights than they've ever done. But for them, I think they see it as it's just like, oh, well, we make money off of it because it's a hard ticket event. But that's the thing, too, is that Disney has always been very, uh, very uh, much looking at it where they're like, we want to make sure we're not dependent on it. Because, like, look at, look at Epcot. Epcot has to have flower and garden and food and wine or else they don't have people. That's their issue. Well, they have they to have, have that. Now they have frozen. That's true. But um, like that's that's the yeah, issue soaring. though. Or uh, or like what is it Hollywood Studios or whatever they call it now uh, for for Disney World. They have to have all that Star Wars stuff right now because they don't. That's pumping everybody, right? Sort of like they don't do it anymore. But when they were doing Star Wars weekends, that was something that they had to do because it pumped people in. But now they don't do it at all, so it doesn't really make sense. To be honest, it kind of looks like they've given up on Hollywood Studios right now because they've, they're treating Hollywood Studios like it's like so much of it is in construction that if people don't go there, that's not a bad thing. Right. Like they still want people to come to see the Star Wars stuff, but they're, realistically, they're like, look, there's so much construction going on, half the rides are gone. Just know when that it comes, again. yeah. When it comes down to it, you're not gonna be here all day. But then Universal, Universal is like so high on themselves that when they announced that third park, I was like, why? Like, what do you? What is that? <laughs> you don't even have a we, complete park. And I love that they're calling it a water theme park. 
they're like trying to say it's the first of its kind. It's a water theme park. And every time they describe it, I'm like, you're describing Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. You are not describing a theme park. You are describing those parks. Is it themed after Waterworld to describe how much of a letdown it'll be? <laughs> Love Waterworld. But what you're going to get are minions down your slide. That's I was waiting for minions. That's what you're going to get. You're going to go down the slide with minions. Oh no. Well, even at that, that says like, bananas on it. Bananas. People, people are that'll also like... That'll be a like, yellow slide. No, like, <laughs> look, I'll show you the picture. Like, um, that's what annoys me too, is like, people are pretending like, like it isn't what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, they're cheating you. That's what it is. Look at this. Well, I mean... Well, this is their. This is the actual Universal Orlando page. No. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Look at the picture of it. Oh yes, that's that's. You're uh, like, oh, so that's Disney Sea. So they're trying to make a King Kong version with uh, minions in the side too. <laughs> well, no, like people. Uh, only a few people have pointed it out, but like you look at it and you can't help but look at it and be like, it looks a lot like. Disney Sea, yeah, you know Tokyo Disney Sea, because the volcano is the middle thing that's brand, that's drawing you in, and then everything's around it. But it's like that's what Tokyo Disney Sea is. And then they're showing you attractions and stuff. It's like if it was a water park, that would be more like okay, I can take that, whatever. Right. For them to say that this is a theme park, and I love how they keep saying that it's the first of its kind. It's like it's not. Whatever the hell it is. It looks more like it's either a water park or it's a theme park. It's not... You've got to choose, man. It's not a middle. You're not going to be... And if it was a middle, well, imagine how much it would stink. rides will be water-based. Yeah. You just put a, a huge point, though. It's going to smell bad if you think you're going to have a mixture of water park with theme park. Yeah, because if you have people doing water slides and then getting off of them and then standing in line to get on a ride, imagine that smell. And it's humid. You know? Yeah. Like when I whenever I have to whenever I have to go to the nightclub that's at my hotel, it's so it stinks so bad. That's what I imagine that would smell like. And again that, that they just proved that they might have a big seller right there. Eighteen dollar deodorant. <laughs> I guess. I well uh where your gel what you need, man. Well, we're going to finish up our new section at 75 minutes and uh, move on to uh, the main topic. So for our main subject, we're going to talk about like our like Disney parks, like summer tips. Um, we just wanted to go over like some things that we highly suggest people do, especially since like, you know, we get a lot of uh, people who ask us this in general. So um, I wanted to start off with like uh, the time that you go, because like, of course, it's summer. Kids are uh, going to be out of school soon. No, they're out now. No, for elementary school. For elementary. Yeah, they'll be out of school soon. But like the summer months, like the whole thing is you don't go on the weekends. Albeit, you're not going to you're going to miss out on fireworks. But, you know, uh, to me, I'm like fireworks aren't a big thing to miss. Like just, you know, gunpowder blowing up, whatever. Um, <laughs> No, but like my my suggestion, I always tell people is I'm like go Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because those are the, gonna be like those are traditionally the lighter days. And like I especially love like when we do a day trip, we go on one of those days because we don't want to be there with like everyone. Mm -hmm. um, 
like, uh, of course, there, there's like a few things. Like, uh, one thing I would definitely say is expect that you're gonna be there all day. This isn't like a Universal Park. It, it don't don't think to yourself, well, I'll go to Disneyland for a few hours, go to the beach, then come back. That's not gonna no. happen. Like, the beach is like a day on its own. You're not going to do a Disney park and then a beach. Because, like, yeah, because yeah. Disney park, you're going to be there all day. That's what it comes down to. It, you're going to lose track of time, and eventually it's just not going to matter. Just don't set yourself up for that. <laughs> uh, plan for it to be hot. Like, it, it's summer already. You already know it's going to be hot. But you got to understand that if the weather report says 85, 86 degrees, plan it to be 10 degrees hotter because you're in a park with thousands and thousands of other people. It's gonna be hot, you know, just understand that going in. Another thing also, wear, you know, we already talked about this, but wear comfortable clothes as in like, wear shorts, uh, tank tops, anything like that. I mean, don't wear sandals. Comfortable shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen so many people where they wear like heels or they wear like nice dress <laughs> shoes. Like, George's cousin did that, where he wore dress shoes and we all told him, we're like, you're an idiot. You're going to regret that. And like I said, wear like wear lighter clothes. Like don't wear black or nothing like that. Cause actually, you're, you're gonna get hot. You know. On that same point, uh, your cousins when they came, it was summer. They came in pants and black shirts, and then they were complaining about how hot it was all day. Remember? And we were like, you were not ready for this. I suggest to do like the water rides too, like Splash Mountain. But you'll, you'll have a much longer wait, like just a heads up on that. So don't expect to have Splash Mountain as a walk-on. But they are very popular, but it's, I mean, water is always a good way to cool it down. I was actually going to say sort of that, but I was going to say like uh, Fast Pass. You Ooh, use Fast Pass right. to its advantage. So like I'm going to go over like an overview of Fast Pass because like this is actually like the thing I get the most <laughs> questions about because like people don't actually understand how FastPass works. So first of all, it's free. You do not pay for FastPass. This is not universal, you don't pay for your right to FastPass. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right off the bat because, um, well like, I know like I'm kind of jokingly comparing it to the VIP, uh, you know, all access or whatever they call it. But when it comes down to it, it confuses people because they think that you have to pay for it because universal makes you pay. You don't pay. No. It's, it's free. a free service. And FastPass is going to be on all of the big uh, e-ticket attractions. So you're going to have it on, uh, I guess we'll just go through like a list really quickly. So you've got Indiana Jones uh, and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, Splash Mountain, um, Big Thunder Mountain. Haunted Mansion. No, Haunted Mansion. No? Only Haunted no, Mansion no, Holiday. Haunted Mansion Holiday, yeah. You're yeah. Right. But uh, then um, you've got Roger Rabbit. Uh, no, Autopia doesn't do it anymore. No, I, I just had like a, a thought. I was like, yeah, you know, Autopia doesn't do it anymore. Because that area, their Fast Pass is now Fast Pass for whatchamacallit, huh? Matterhorn does not have a Fast Pass. Space Mountain, Star Tours. Yep, yep. Um, then when you go over to DCA, you've got Soarin' Around the World, which from what I've been saying, you have to use that. <laughs> California like, Screaming, right? Uh, yeah, Screamin'. California Screaming, um, Goofy's, uh, Flying like, School, yeah, uh, yeah, Radiator Springs, Racers, and Tower of Terror. Those are all of their like fast passes. So like, what what you see though in that list is they're all the rides that like you know everyone wants to see. Mm -hmm. 
Like they're the they're the big like they're the big kid rides. They're the yeah. rides that everyone wants to ride and have fun on. You forgot uh, World Color. Oh, <laughs> oh, actually, I did forget um, Grizzly River Run. Yeah. But basically, what it does is it holds your spot in line. Yes. It so gives you a time. Come back. So like, there's a whole like arithmetic and all that like there's a whole math behind it but of course we're not going to get into that so the idea of fast pass the way it works is that when you go up to the stand uh the kiosk and you get your fast pass ticket it is digitally um waiting in line for you so the reason why you get that timeline that they give you is it's based on the current wait time and it's basically saying if you stood in line right now this is the time that you would be on that ride so that's, your return time is actually the time that you would be getting on that ride if you were in line. I know a lot of people like get confused because you know like, like for instance, sometimes you'll go up to the fast pass and you grab it and uh, it's like an hour later. Sometimes you get it and it's like four hours later. But you know, that also has to deal with like, so they also do it where it's like, that's where you get into the math of it. There's a whole very complicated math to it, but there's a certain amount like, or there's a certain percentage of standby that they consider to be fast pass. That's why, like, sometimes, even if it's an hour wait, you could have a, a wait time that, oh, like, we've seen, like, for Radiator Springs Racers, you get there at 9 a.m. and you're getting it for 5 p.m. Yeah. It's because there's only a certain percentage of people that could be riding in every hour that they're going to allot to fast pass. So what they do is they basically give you, like, an amount of fast pass you know, uh, ticket holders, and then they just give those out. And so it's very, so yeah. I I did like a I did a speech for it for school, and it, it was a very complicated thing to understand. Um, but uh, that's also why if you do get one that's like you know way ahead, like for instance, like I said, you're at 9 a.m. You get a fast pass for Radiator Springs, and it says, oh five. Uh, what they'll do is they'll give you a second time. Uh, at the bottom, it'll say like you can get a new fast pass at 11 a.m. Because the thing is, is they're not assuming that you're going to just not have a fast pass all day because your one fast pass is for night. They're going to say, hey, the line right now is like two hours, so two hours from now you can get another fast pass. That way, you're not waiting forever. I'm feeling cheated. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to like, because like a lot of people don't understand fast pass, and that's the thing. It's like it, like I said, it's a very actually complicated system. It works it for me though. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, it, seems... it basically staggers the guess. Yeah. Uh, well, well, like I said, like the idea is that it's holding your place in line. However, in that amount of people, there's only a certain amount that they're gonna say are fast passes because realistically. If they didn't do that, everyone would fast pass. Because then, why would you wait in a line? You know, I thought I always thought my theory was, is you know, if you get the fast pass, so you won't have to get the line now. You know, I mean, you can just leave, so you won't be all in a huge line. You know, it's just saying that. Oh, you know, you can just come back. Like instead of waiting in line, it'll be a huge line. You yeah, but, but what Dash yeah. is saying is that there's like a whole like. Yeah, um, there's a very complicated. Well, it, it probably it is. You know, it's all like math. George is like, as long as I have the time yeah. on there and I come back at two p.m. Yeah, I'm like, happy. like I said, overall, that's, that's our all. That's the that's what it should be. the main idea of it is it's it's holding your spot in line. 
But that's the thing, is like even if you get one that's later, they'll give you another time and you have to look out for those because then you can get more fast passes. Mm -hmm. Or you like, can get a bonus one. Like Ooh, uh <laughs> bonus. <laughs> Up to six people. No, but like uh like you I know like bonus. Like Ooh, for for me, like I would say like uh, when I was younger and we would go to Disneyland, we could average every e-ticket ride in a day because like you that's the thing is that even though you're getting all those times, they give you second times. Like I said, if it's too long, they'll give you a second time and then you just go on that other ride. You're not gonna wait all day for it. And just just be wary of that. Make yeah. sure you look. If you're like I know I would say like for us, it was always we started out at Indiana Jones. We'd get a fast pass for that, and then um, we would run over to Space Mountain and we'd ride Space Mountain because Space Mountain, like, you had a better chance that you weren't gonna wait uh, that long in line. But then uh, after Space Mountain, that's when we would ride like Big Thunder, uh, Splash Mountain, Splash Mountain. Like, like it was said, the water rides you're gonna have like long waits for. So those are the. Uh, Grizzly River Run and Splash Mountain are the two that you're always going to need the Fast Pass for in summer. Just... I think Fast Pass is definitely a great tip for summer. You know, I have another tip. Guys, please get get your drinks before you get in line. Because, like, for example, when we go to, like, Peter Pan ride, you know, the, the line, it's not really, like, it's not wide, you know. Oh, so yeah. I see people getting out and get popcorn and drinks and try to come back in and like you just touch them, you're sweaty, I'm sweaty, and just, <laughs> it's, that's not cool, you know, I just, I, I get angry because of that, you know, I just want to push them in the floor and actually, just be like, stop. <laughs> actually, George does have a good point. Like, um, I will give him, uh, I'll give it that Disney is trying to like combat that, where like uh, Radiator Springs Racers is like one of the easiest ones, where in the line, they have people that walk around that have drinks and snacks, but the thing is, is that, yeah, like, Peter Pan is, like, a perfect example. It is a very small area that you're standing in line, so every time you get out of line and you have to go through people, you have to come back through that way. So the thing is, is that, like, it turns into that thing where it's like, was that churro really <laughs> worth it? <laughs> And then, like, to which I like, say, yes, it was. You're, you're in the middle of the George, line. George, don't ruin other people's magic. No, you just, you're in the middle of the line, and then you, you see the family next to you, and the other guy in the corner is like, hey, like I'm over here. It's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and you just watch him going through people by people. It's like, oh, they're coming. They're coming soon. Yeah, like the parents holding their kids. This darn dude. I think another tip would probably be like going into um, like just like cooler areas I guess would be like for me going into like the DCA their animation building yes. oh, I yeah. love that building animation uh, the animation building is like probably the number one place that people go to just like cool down yeah. Sure, right? yeah but then you also have like um, what is it uh, well shopping is like the Mr. best place to Lincoln. go yes. you also have shopping but like, try to, and then also like, don't do all the rides like in one day. Like again, use the fast pass system as best as possible. But use like, use, like, use your space wisely. Like, it's okay if you do that. I think that's when we watched the Tomorrowland preview with during summer, and we were like, well, I mean, I guess. <laughs> it's either burn out here or watch this. <laughs> or watch this. I mean, if you guys want to avoid like outside rides, you know, there's always. Inside rides like Pirates, Haunt Mansion, uh, It's a Small World, 
you know? Or even like the, yeah. the Starbucks at DCA like has a nice big seating area. So then you can have ice cream Starbucks oh, and yeah. like be inside. I, I would say like one of the one, it's like one of the things that like Disneyland really uh, doesn't have is space for stuff. So like it is very like, you you have to know the places you can go to get that that cool air because like it's not like Disney World like Disney World almost everything's covered and inside because of the rains and everything so they make sure that they give you covering Disneyland because it's in Anaheim it's only hot for like so long so it's just like they treat it like eh whatever so yeah you have to know the places you need to go to get that and not cool only air. that like Disneyland is cooler than DCA because there's more trees inside Disneyland and there's more like shaded areas or whereas like, like even the whole boardwalk like it's straight sun like there's no shade like there's no trees I was actually gonna say Cars Land is like one of the worst areas if you don't if you want to be like out of the sunlight because it's oh. completely like just there's open and it's set up to look like a desert so like there's nothing <laughs> to cover and even the stores aren't even that big so you're not really getting that much cool air you know this, uh, I think this is just one of my tips. Uh, if you guys gonna go eat, like there's some restaurants you can eat outside, whatever. I recommend eating outside. I mean, the reason why is like, for example, when we go eat. Oh, you mean the seating area? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, it, I mean, yes, it, it's hot, but it's, I mean, it's not that hot because it's always they also, fans yeah, they always like have that. the umbrellas too. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, like if you go inside, like you're waiting, you're waiting. It turns crowded, weird because you're standing you're by that family who's eating, and you're like, you done. Oh, you're training everything. Hey, you guys are almost done, cause uh, we need a seat. <laughs> um, one one thing though, I would definitely like suggest, uh, and I know we've said it before in the past. Um, it's two things: it's sunscreen and bring your own water bottle. Sunscreen because, like I said, Anaheim is not too hot. Like. I'll give it, it gets like 90s, but that's the thing is like, during the day, like it's not that hot for that long because when it gets night, like especially when the sun goes down, it gets very cool in Anaheim. But that's the thing is that, and we've seen it before, everyone always forgets that that sun is actually hitting you, so you get sunburned like really quickly because you don't realize that you needed something. So sunscreen's a big thing. Water bottles, I know like, people love to be well they've got water there I, I'll just buy a Dasani. Dasani's <laughs> are like 375 so like well but then also water's free like if you go that, to yeah. restaurants water's free well that's what I'm saying is like bring your own water bottle because they that. have water fountains everywhere any place that's uh, got a restroom always has a water fountain you just refill that thing and it's cool yeah water. it's not gonna be yeah it's gonna be cool it's not gonna be cold but if you really want ice, like you can ask for ice and stuff at a stand at a cozy cone or something. But yeah, but if you ask for water, like ice water, like they'll they'll give you ice water. From the hose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you mean from the cone? <laughs> you guys got any? Not um, yet. I mean, if you don't want to be in the heat or around people, don't go. <laughs> Yes. You're not going to enjoy yourself. Just don't go. Go maybe when the sun goes down. That might help. Um, actually, that that is a good point that you bring up. So, if you're visiting the California area, 
know that locals are annual pass holders. So like people who live there are not going to be there during the day. They're going to be there specifically when the sun starts setting and when it turns into night. So you have to understand that your best time to get on attractions and do anything is going to be the day. Because like we've seen it many times, like that's, that's the time when locals are like, I'm not going to stand in this heat, I'll just go home. Just like when it's raining. If it's raining, they're not going to stay for that. They're going to leave. For, for us as visitors, that's our time to shine. That's when it's like, well, we run this place. This is ours. <laughs> and, and then when it turns night, especially night, uh, especially with, you know, paint the night going on and Disneyland Forever fireworks, they come back in just huge numbers. Like, especially like 8 o'clock is when it's going to hit that point where you're just like, I don't even want to be here anymore. Yeah, they'll be sitting at dinner and then it's time to see the horde coming. Oh no. But see, that, but that, that's a good time. That's a good thing <laughs> that you bring up. Like, go to dinner, have finished all that, and then go back and dinner. And at that too, you, you've got a good chance too at rides at that point too, because they're there to see like the parades and stuff. They don't, they don't really care to see like the attractions they can see all the time. Um, we're talking about Disneyland and Disney World, right? Or Ooh. mainly Disney. Yeah, mainly Disneyland, but okay. like di if we're talking about also Disney World, I mean, go, oh, I to, the, give you go, go to the water park. That's like five star right there. Um, for Disney World, one thing I would say, uh, just bring umbrellas. Yeah, always have an umbrella, and if you're like us, like we don't like our shoes being wet, so we we'll bring like uh, we'll bring um, rain boots. And that's the thing is like uh, the cool thing about Disney World is they understand that you park hop. So when you rent a locker, they'll uh, they'll actually like ask for like a down payment of like five dollars, and you put your stuff in there, and then when you leave when you're leaving that park, you get your deposit back and you keep the receipt and you go to the uh, next park and you show it and you put that same deposit down, but you don't pay for the actual locker. You just put the deposit down. Oh, wow. So. Uh, you know, just in case you lose the key, and then you use it there. Like uh, Elizabeth and I, we do that a lot because, like, we're not fans of like wet shoes. So we bring rain boots, pants, and uh, rain jackets and uh, umbrellas because you know we're 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 those people. We're not going to stand for rain. We're from a desert. We don't like rain. <laughs> uh, not only that, like, rain's not going to ruin my welcome to the world trip. I love my rain. <laughs> they also have goggles, and stuff. <laughs> historical gear. Don't so when your shoes are wet, hey, I mean, look, I, I know. We got caught in? Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people love to like say like, oh, bring like uh, flip flops or bring like uh, you know Don't the what is it the water socks? And I'm just like, you're not gonna want to wear those all day. And then like I've tried doing the flip flops. Remember, yeah. awful. Basically, it was you fighting to keep the flip-flops on <laughs> while you feel like you're walking. You're twist your yeah, you feel like you're walking in just puddles, like just straight water, like almost like you're walking into a beach. Don't wear Crocs either. Come on, guys. <laughs> you're better than that. <laughs> um, bring hats, sunglasses, you know? Yes. Sunglasses is a must. I, if you can do I like a, a spray that. mist, that's also cool because like it water cools you down. Oh, so yeah. like one of those little spray mists. Target has a really good one, so. I will say Disney World though, you don't have to worry as much with the with the heat because, like I said before, because of how rainy it is, everything's indoor. Like, like, actually, it's, I'm trying to think like. 
none of their rides really have like an outside weight. The like some of them like it's. Uh, Some I guess, of them does, and then goes like inside, yeah. which I hate because like if it's raining, you get wet inside, you like super cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you get wet again. <laughs> well, specifically like for me, like that's what I hate is that they they pump the AC so hardcore on you, you're like freezing when you get in there. <laughs> you get out back, you get back in the sunlight. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah, one of the worst experiences is going to the water parks and then into the buses. Oh no. Oh. Yeah. Like, you have to bring, like, a towel and then a blanket. You have that right? Shh. <laughs> yeah, I think we had to ask the bus driver to turn off the air. It's like, sorry, it was it's automatic. Like, yeah, like, I can't turn that off. Everyone in the bus, please. <laughs> well, the bus drivers have a jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I think it's a little toasty if you ask me. <laughs> That actually just excites me for our guesting. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys once again for listening. Yeah. Um, I really want to thank you. Uh, there was a huge spike in viewership for uh, last week's uh, opener. I really want to thank you guys for listening and uh, continuing to listen. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spreaker. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. Follow me on any social media. I'm at Geo Disney. That's G I O Disney. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Hunter3GATM, or on Instagram, the Disney Guy24. Or on Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram, J182. Elizabeth doesn't do social media. Um, but once again, I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to thank George for producing the podcast. Uh, I want to. <laughs> We want to say thank you, Dave, for being our uh, number one fan. We will always thank you until the end of time. Even if you're not a subscriber anymore, we're still thanking you. Know that. Uh, also, we want to say, Nathan, we're very jealous that you live in Florida and you work at the Target next to Disneyland or Disney World. He's which, by monster. the way, which, by the way, he posts something saying he got off work. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go oh, to uh, oh, Disney oh, really yeah. fast to pick up something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, okay, un unfriended now. <laughs> You're blocked. So. Talk about jealousy. Yeah. yeah maybe, to, uh... to me, like he is living exactly the way that I assume we will live if I, we I lived think, in I California. I hope Nathan and Jessica are having a blast. I know they are. Yeah, they I see. Are. I see their pictures. I mean, if you're just going he, on break and just having a he was hunt. there. He was there at the opening of Frozen, posting pictures of the line, <laughs> talking about how he wasn't gonna wait in it. And I was like, okay. He was like, surprise, surprise, no wait on Spaceship Earth. <laughs> I love Spaceship Earth. No, but seriously, thank you guys once again, um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yo yo. See you later. Bye bye. Ka ciao.